From Capital Analytics, I'm Abby Malone, and this is Invest Insights. Every week, we bring you perspectives, business advice, and more from the leading executives, entrepreneurs, and investors who are building, diversifying, and leading the way in the country's fastest growing metro markets. Real leaders, real insights, right now. I'm joined today by Chris Clark, the president and CEO of the Georgia Chamber of Commerce. Chris, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Abby. Well, let's dive in. You serve on the board of directors for the Real Life Center, a Christian outreach program that provides food, clothing, financial assistance, and educational classes for those in need. What have been some of the key takeaways from your experience with this organization, and how does it influence your leadership style at the Georgia Chamber of Commerce? Well, this is a ministry that our church started 20 years ago to serve our south part of Atlanta. And what we do is we, we go by the old proverb, right? You can teach a man to you can give a man a fish and he can you know, eat for the day or you can teach him to fish and he can eat for a lifetime. And so while we do provide support for men and women that are in need in our area, more importantly, we're teaching them how to manage their finances, how to you know, write a resume, how to interview so that we're building their skill sets that they can be successful on their own. And I do think that that service heart really leads what we do here at the Georgia Chamber. It's kind of our mantra that we serve others. Uh, that's how we wake up every day. That's what we focus on is how we serve the business community of Georgia and those men and women that work uh, all throughout our state. So it's really, I really take that work to heart and I, I see that reflected in all of our team here at the Georgia Chamber. What do you think one trait or characteristic is that you believe every leader should possess? Well, listen, if, if you're not in this to serve others, then I, I think that you're in it for the wrong reasons. I think pride, ego, uh, really get in the way of how we prioritize what we do in life. If you're the CEO of a large company or of a nonprofit or a small business, at the end of the day, you're serving your customers, your employees, your family members, your community. And I think that's what makes the biggest difference. Here in Georgia, we call that the Georgia way uh, of companies giving back, investing in their community and caring about their customers and clients. What innovative avenues is the chamber exploring to creatively incorporate underrepresented communities into the local job market? And what role do public-private partnerships play in these efforts? I think it's absolutely critical uh, that we look at underrepresented groups, whether those that have been previously incarcerated, whether it's our minority communities, maybe it's men and women with disabilities. And in this very tight labor market that we're in right now, we really need every man and woman that wants to work uh, to have the skills that they need. And so we work with the Atlanta Black Chambers, Georgia Hispanic Chambers, Second Chance Partners. Uh, We work with groups that focus on the disabilities in Georgia, bring all of them together and make them resources for the businesses in our state so that we can hire everyone that wants to get a job. I think that's going to be critical for us in the long term. And right now, in particularly with this labor shortage, it's vital that we do this kind of work. But we believe this is going to be a long-term issue. And if we want every person in Georgia to have economic mobility and be able to move from poverty into prosperity, then we have to do this as a partnership. And so I do think the public-private partnerships with our friends at Goodwill, our friends at Chick-fil-A and Microsoft, working back with you know, the Blank Foundation, all of those types of relationships are vitally important. No one group can do it on their own. Government can't do it on their own. It really does take a partnership with business, nonprofits, the faith community, as well as government leaders in every community in our state. Obviously, the economy overall in the nation is seeing a labor shortage. Um, However, loads of people are moving to Georgia every single day. What do you think are still the biggest challenges that Georgia faces to address the labor shortages? Like, for example, do wages need to be addressed or continue education? 
Sure. And so I think there's a, it's a, it's a, uh, to use a term here in Georgia, there's no silver bullet. It's a silver buckshot. There's a lot of work we've got to do. And we do see, we see businesses that are improving flexibility, hybrid schedules, higher wages. We see them changing how they interview. They're looking to, um, you know, underrepresented uh, groups to bring them into the workforce. But at the same time, we know that government has got to do a better job of training up that next generation of workers mm-hmm. to make sure they're aligned with the skill sets that we need. We're going to have to upskill a generation of workers, too. Almost half the workforce in Georgia will need to be upskilled in the next year or two. But the good news here is in Georgia is that we do have a plan to address workforce housing, to address long-term labor shortage skill sets. And we're working together across a vast variety of partners all over Georgia to, to address those issues. So we feel good about where we are. A lot of that we can do here in Georgia. Some of it's going to have to be at the national level, too. At the federal level, we're going to have to reform immigration so that we have legal immigrants that can come in and work in the tech fields and agriculture. Um, And so it's really a bipartisan, federal, state, local teamwork partnership that's going to make a difference. Chris, the new Georgia Economy Tour began in March and aims to help businesses address current market risks and long-term growth opportunities. What are some of those special aspects of in-person interactions that make this event so successful? And how has the chamber creatively approached the initiative this year? So our focus traveling around the state this year is really on three areas. We know that if we can build the infrastructure of the future, if we can win the war for talent, and if we can diversify and innovate the economy, we can grow Georgia's GDP by almost $70 billion a year. And we know we can fill 400,000 job openings. And so we go around the state, we share that data, we work with our partners on that, but then we actually have live feedback, live surveys, and we're just having a great response. People want to be back in person. They want to network. They want to hear, learn, listen, and partner. Uh, and so it's really refreshing to be back out with our friends all over Georgia right now. And as we round out our discussion today, what role does creativity play in remaining competitive in today's landscape? I think if you look at the long-term economic growth in the country, and particularly in Georgia, it's going to be driven by creativity and innovation. Uh, We need to be teaching our young men and women all of the steams. We need to make sure they're in their arts, they're in their science, their technologies, that we're feeding that creativity. And that's not just because we're the number one state in the world to film video, movies, TV shows in. Uh, It's across every sector. Every business I go to today, whether it's manufacturing or small business, they're looking for young men and women that are creative, that can communicate, that understand how to work with data. And so I think that's going to be the driver long term as we create our own startups, as we grow our innovation economy in the state, and we diversify the economy. It all comes back to creativity. So it's incredibly, incredibly important for Georgia's future. Well, I know so often that I finish a movie or finish something on Netflix and I see that Georgia peach. So a lot of innovation going on in the state. Chris, thank you so much for your conversation today. You've been listening to Invest Insights. Be sure to follow, rate, and review this podcast to hear more. I'm Abby Malone. Thank you for tuning in.